Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You're listening to the COB Podcast here from Ausbiz. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today by Carl Rotter in person. It's been time between drinks, mate. Yeah, well, it's been a really long time since we've been in the in the same room, or at least in the uh, the chair opposite to each other doing this. So it's uh, it's quite a privilege to have you here. Mate, uh, oh, I appreciate that. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't bring much luck for the market. We had our first decline in a week, only about uh, half a percent, so uh, far less than what we saw on Wall Street. But uh, yeah, once again, uh, it's now been three unsuccessful attempts to go and bust through that 7,000 point level from a technical perspective does beg the question uh we've had a good run at the moment uh key risk events coming up as well pretty pivotal moment you'd imagine at this point in time it's huge and uh i think you saw the market sell off at about three o'clock this afternoon and i i dare say that it might have had something to do with the fact that no one wants to hold too much risk going into into this inflation print tonight so I mean, only time will tell uh, what we get, but um, recent history has taught us that it, it can often surprise and often surprises, well, what would you say, to the upside. Um, so not good for equities. So yeah. we'll see, 12.30 a.m. Can't stay up for that one, though. No, the, 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 yeah, clock... the, ch- the change of clocks is great to go speak with U.S. guests now in the morning when we're on air, but uh, when it comes to the data releases, no. yeah, I remember back in my days trading FX uh, and this Pun- time of the punchy. year was, uh, yeah, you yeah. kind of felt like a you know nocturnal beast on occasion. So don't miss yeah. those days, one iota. Back to the local equity market. Uh, look, uh, doing the damage today, energy, like we saw on Wall Street, was down sharply. Oil prices are off a lot. Uh, gas also was a pressure overnight and that flowed through to this broader space so it was off 2.1 percent today also tech uh, we saw bond yields a bit of a choppy session but eventually finished higher there on wall street uh, both the uh the uh, the front end and also the uh, the back end of the curve so it was weighed down by that so down close to two percent as well also financial materials off around about one percent respectively there was some offset coming through though healthcare space i know all csl Cochrane and Resmed had a decent day, up uh, 0.9% for the other uh, broader sector. Staples as well, another kind of more security-orientated uh, play there, up uh, nine-tenths of a percent. Then there was utilities. Now, we don't talk about utilities a lot on the program because uh, it's... Uh, you know, not very sexy. Yes, yeah, it's not very sexy. It's a very small component and part yeah. of the other broader market as well. Indeed, it's our smaller sector by market weight. But uh, did the heavy lifting today as... Uh, David versus Goliath, it's up 13.15%. So you think, gee, that's a pretty impressive gain. And then you go and look at the constituents within it, and I can tell you there's uh, one name that did all of the heavy lifting, and that was Origin Energy, of course, uh, being lobbed a fresh takeover offer by Brookfield's consortium. And uh, this time it's accepted it. But interestingly enough, even with that increase in the share price, still nowhere near Huge what that discount. offer price was. So, yeah, obviously a few concerns there about no potential uh, for you know, regulators to get involved and maybe go and block the deal. Yeah, I just uh, I had to correct myself on air a couple of times because I thought it was uh, one of those instances where we stuffed up with the charts in the background because I saw Origin up. You know, Origin's not a small stock by any means. 
um, up 33%, I think, at one stage. I don't know where it closed, and I thought that can't possibly be right. Um, we've, we've done something wrong there. But, yeah, lo and behold, up by that much. And, and again, it's about fifty away from the offer price. So it, it is still a significant discount, which, like you said, probably reflects a bit of risk that it won't go through. But nevertheless, it uh, offers uh, some juicy upside for, for folks who want to sort of ride this one out if they don't want to take the, the 30, 30% bank it today. Yeah, it's uh, massive. And uh, I'll tell you another, it was M&A activity today. I don't know if it was uh, in the air, but mm. Perpetual, Regal and uh, its, its mob as well uh, when logged a, a fresh takeover offer for its company. But uh, Perpetual knocked it back saying it's not uh, in the interest of shareholders. Looking at the share price performance, probably a few people disagree with that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, up and about as well. So to answer your question about Origin, first of all, it finished up 35% on the SIBO exchange. Uh, and that was uh, no daylight second. And then we had uh, no also Perpetual up over 11%. So we thought, given the double dose of M&A mania that we're dealing with today, and uh, no, given the opportunity there to go, as you said, take profits off the table uh, from all of these moves, we thought to go make them our stocks, plural, of the day. Special. So today, we sat down, Andrew was in the hot seat, sat down with Ben Clark from TMS Capital and also uh, Grady Wolf from Bell Direct to go and get their take as to whether they are buy, hold or sell for those takeover plays. The, the board have said that they'll recommend this bid if it becomes binding, so it's only indicative at this point. Um, but there has been some limited due diligence, it sounds like, being done. So I guess, I mean, to me, the shareholders will take this money and run for the hills. You know, this is an incredible get-out-of-jail-free ticket mm. for Origin shareholders. Um, the energy transition in Australia presented a once-in-a-generation um, investment opportunity. So I don't see why this won't get done. Bell Potter actually maintains a buy rating on this stock and they it's really I was reading through the research before I came through and it said that the rejection seems clever and they said it's clever because some of her petrol shareholders were upset with the Pendle offer saying it was too too big and um, it overvalued the company but now it's clever because the second rejection of this uh, takeover kind of gives a bit of leeway to kind of dampen the ground a little bit and soften the blow when the uh, perpetual hopefully takes over Pendles. What we hear, a lot of the perpetual shareholders did not like the Pendle deal and a lot of the hedge funds were shorting perpetual and going long Pendle, which pushed the share price down and then they've come in at a great point. They've got dissatisfied shareholders, they're buying at a depressed share price. Um, if you're a perpetual shareholder, I think you'd be tearing your hair out because this really has not played out well. So there we have it. Uh, double buy for Origin coming through there on the cards. Mm -hmm. uh, I like it. Uh, ben Clark described it as a get out of jail free card for Origin shareholders. I think probably a few people <laughs> are nodding a hod with that uh, in a grant. So when it comes to perpetual, uh, uh, Grady liked it, but uh, yeah. Uh, ben was uh, was not uh, a fan at this point in time. Look, uh, so the origin goes to the investment committee now. Then, yeah, that's then a it, bit of a, a conundrum. And then it might get taken off the the boards and our portfolio. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll, okay. we'll crystallize our profit immediately. So yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Actually, we're buying now. Uh, we're buying after our thirty five percent stag profit. So yeah, yeah. Just, hopefully there's an improved bid coming through. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll we'll see what the future holds. I think there's a lot of water there to go under the bridge. Uh, we'll see what happens from there. Um, 
Yeah, for a person who was up very early this morning, had uh, a delay on my flight and delay on the Sydney train network. Really? Delays? Yeah, delays everywhere. I, I well, really that's enjoyed, strange. I enjoyed my, yeah, <laughs> I know, it's really strange, especially <laughs> for, uh, for uh, airlines at the moment. I really enjoyed my uh, two hours on air in the, uh, the open today, 10 to 12. Uh, plenty of great guests mm, oh, yeah. uh, to go. Not a lot of time to prep, I'll say, but uh, yeah, I had a no. good, good chat with them all. Nonetheless, uh, Michael Jenicky, uh, the head of Australian equities at Credit Suisse. Yes. Uh, very senior, very well respected, uh, yeah, and very measured in his thoughts, uh, unlike probably me. And uh, we had a great chat. Uh, when it looked basically at the picks and pans, what Credit Suisse likes at the moment and why. And that's the, uh, the why is the part that I think is really important in the context of this. So well and truly worth uh, having a listen to that one and watching on at the show notes. Also, Nick Bishop, Bishop and Fang, a uh, good mate of mine as well. Like I really get on with him. Mm. So he comes with a traditional uh, bond market background and uh, he's gone and moved into the DeFi space. He's a real advocate for it. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of great projects that he's involved with else and I uh, know a uh, really good representative. But of course, uh, FTX, it's the story that just keeps giving, isn't it? So you wrote your view on it yesterday. Yeah. And uh, since then, it just, it's unraveling it at more speed. interesting and weirder. I mean, the best thing that I, uh, the most interesting thing I learned today was that um, Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen have a significant investment in FTX and it'll sort of have to factor in in their divorce proceedings now as to where, you know, how they carve up their assets. So that's, that's a good one. And then also um, the... Uh, El Salvador. What's what's his name? Bukele. Bukele. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's news coming out now talking about uh, you know a potential special trade relationship or trade agreement or something of that nature between um, El Salvador and, and China, which you just sort of think, oh my god, that that's <laughs> that country's a liquid. That's 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 a defaulting uh, a country that's about to default on everything that it owns if it's too exposed to FTX. So um, <laughs> it's it's such a crazy story, and it's like it's a a real time tragedy you know, written in 48 hours. It's incredible. Yeah. And uh, as you wrote in your review, and an excellent view as well, you've got oh, the opportunity you. to go and look at that uh, from yesterday's notes. Uh, yeah, take a read of that. When you lose trust in the system, uh, it's very difficult to get back and uh, people sell first and ask questions later and it can just snowball. I was interested to go and see Tether. You know, remember Tether? Oh, yes. uh, Tether's slightly untethered to where it should be trading at the moment as well. And that mm. was a sign when uh, the last real test of uh, the crypto space was only a few months ago, of course, and that was following another blow up of a pretty big in institution. Yeah. So uh, we'll keep a close eye on that one. But uh, if you start having stable coins blowing up left, right and center that are supposedly backed by liquid uh, dollar denominated assets, well, then we've got a real problem in our hands. And look, it probably will be going to something close to zero. Uh, we'll see what happens, not to go and over egg it. But uh, Nick uh, had a great chat uh, and explained it to the layperson mm -hmm. what it means. Uh, and he's not beating around the bush. So he says that uh, there's pain coming. Yeah, right. Un undoubtedly, there's probably more pain to go and come with this space. And uh, we haven't had the full flush out. What we're seeing now is all those late to the party uh, institutional investors now being margin called and being forced to go and bail and you know, Insto is where the big funds are. I remember Victor Schwetz last year, and I think he was writing about it a little bit more um, out into the future, the systemic risks that could come from the crypto exposure um, or, or from, from crypto assets. And I'm sure he had in mind a far more um, developed uh, crypto world that was far more integrated than what it is now. Because again, I got the sense it was a sort of a five, 10 year time horizon. But nevertheless, it just raises that simple question of whether there'll be at least briefly um, some stresses on on the system, or, or at least some forced liquidations across asset classes. Because I, you know, I was talking about it with Nadine the other day, trying to um, explain the dynamic when you work, say, for a retail broker with especially a little bit of leverage applied. 
So if you know, you're asleep at night and your crypto positions just got cut in half and your margin called and you've got no cash in your account to cover it, um, well, the broker starts selling your equity holdings or, or other assets if it wants to. So there can be those kind of uh, liquidity moments that uh, drive some pretty crazy price action and more than just in, in the crypto space from these sorts of things. Other great conversations on the program today. Look, uh, we thought given that uh, Dalian's the M&A, particularly Regal, Pendle, uh, and... Uh, and perpetual, yeah. Just going to think there. Um, yeah, going to be tired now. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we thought we'd go in and sit down and get another view. So of course we got that in uh, the show notes when it came to the uh, the call today. But uh, also sat down with uh, Harry Watt from Sean Pines. We're going to get his take about how to go and look at it because it is a bit of a myriad there, like you no know, takeover of a takeover of a takeover. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, well worthwhile understanding the mechanics of how the deal works. And there's also a change to the way that uh, that Regal's takeover, which has been knocked back, but the details don't necessarily bode well when it comes to Perpetual's takeover of Pendle. So keep a close eye on that one as well. You can go and find that in the short notes. Uh, look, Let's go and uh, wrap it up. Let's do it. Looking ahead, we've got that inflation report, uh, 0.5% month on month when it comes to the core reading, 6.5% year on year. Uh, even if it is a deceleration or you know, a sign that we're topping out, 0.5% month on month for core inflation still translates to an annualized rate year on year on in excess of 6%. Yeah. Um, I find it very difficult to go and see any kind of pivot uh, of any sort from the Fed. Maybe, just maybe, a, a step down. But if we get anything that's hotter than that, uh, look, a 75-pointer coming up uh, next month is still well and truly on the table. Yeah, and at the moment, it's only really considered a sort of 50-50 chance between that and a 50-point hike. So that that would move markets. And it'll be interesting to see too if it's, um, it increases the expectations of the terminal rate there as well because that's at about 5.25% currently. So two things to look at, how, how quickly we get to the, the destination and how long, we spend our, how, how long we spend there. Yeah, that's the thing. Whilst they're going very aggressive now, I think the Fed will start to go and taper, but that's where it's going to be different to maybe prior cycles. And I suspect that they want to go and try and hold it at elevated levels for a considerable period to go, basically constrict the economy to go and try yeah. and, and get... to suffocate it. Yeah, that's, and unfortunately, that's, it's, it sounds horrible, but that's exactly... You know, from an inflationary standpoint, uh, they're looking back in history. And some people might go and say, well, the scenario is very different right now, but there's clearly some divergences coming in the world. Uh, alliances are breaking up and new ones are being formed. So I can see why they're concerned, particularly around the energy side and what that could go and lead to when it comes to inflation mindset. Also worthwhile pointing out tonight as well, we're going to get that initial jobless claims ready. Now, it can be volatile week to week. That's going to be yeah. acknowledged. But that is going to be a really key part of the equation too when it comes to those wage pressures, which is still clearly evident at this point in time. So we'll keep a close eye on that one because that has been, in all things being equal, starting to go and trend lower again against expectations, what you'd expect to go and see uh, claims going higher. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we had that jobs data last week that everyone sort of seemed to latch onto as being positive news. So um, every other indicator at the moment still points to a pretty, pretty tight labor market. And this one thing that we've stopped talking about too, that 3.7% is still probably below um, any sort of sense of Nairu. So it's still probably on, on the margins and a, a, a labor market that's going to deliver wages growth that, that are too strong. So the direction of travel is important, but um, you know the Fed want to start seeing signs, I think. Yeah, and we're getting a lot of uh, headlines coming through about the tech sector and everything else, but all things being equal, you've got to go and look at the employment of the tech sector relative to the broader composition of the US labor force. And it's yeah, which is that we look for services hiring, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, a few of those are, I know crypto advocates might be finding some jobs at uh, McDonald's as the, uh, the meme goes as well. So maybe there'll be some, uh, some more supply of labor coming back into the market <laughs> in the near future. I say that jokingly, of course. So hopefully everyone out there is, I know, managed to go and, and deal with the carnage in the crypto they space. All, they're, they're, they're Aussie's listeners, so they would have taken their profits at 60000 and they'd be, uh, they'd be happy with themselves. Absolutely. All right, well, mate, uh, been a pleasure. We're going to do it all again tomorrow and uh, look forward to going to have a drink tomorrow night on the last call. Awesome to see you then. See you.